0: Welcome I, to the Fake Magic, Magic Podcast. Podcast. I'm your host, Matt. <laughs> I'm Matt. <laughs> gotcha. I did a whole
1: spiel where
0: I've, I
1: forced Matt to actually say his name finally, and then I, then I got him.
0: <laughs> that was really sweet. Um, So, we had talked after last week's episode about doing another one, and one of the things that was coming to mind for me was new beginnings. There's something about spring to summer too that feels cultivation-oriented in, or not cultivation, um, planting-oriented. Yeah. You know, with like summer and then you're getting ready for harvest or you're like setting the stage for harvest, right? So it's mm-hmm. like some of the things that you s- start at the beginning of summer, you see the reward of in an October. And October is actually, oddly enough, a really good month for me always. Oh, I love October. It's, uh, yeah, Libra season does this thing to me where I, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I, it's where I've gotten the most jobs that have like really changed me. Yeah. And it's also a place where I've had major like moves yeah. and just life changes Same. and settling I've in. i always
1: moved in the fall and like November
0: September October have been particularly good for me in that regard so anyway uh but before we started recording we had started by talking about just in conversation we were talking about some things that uh we struggle with in regards to uh starting projects or seeing projects through and the thing that we started with was object permanence and actually what brought it up was I had a coffee that was uh, I had brought into this room and I sat it on the table but there's I sat it right next to a coaster on the table instead of onto the coaster. And I was kind of giving myself a hard time for it. Uh, And then Jordan and I started talking about object permanence and how uh, we both struggle a little bit with that. What were you thinking when we were talking about that? So I
1: just know that when I don't see um, objects like in front of my face, my brain forgets that they exist. It forgets that it's real. It's almost like a type of death in a way. And uh, I struggled a lot when I was a kid with object permanence. I didn't know it at the time. But when I moved at about the worst time possible, actually, like around, I was like just turned 13 and then moved to Twin Falls. Um, And this was before like my space was really big. And this was way, you know, decently before everybody had a cell phone. And it just felt like all my friends died, like I would never see them again. And back then, like yeah, I could call them occasionally, but it wasn't like now where you can FaceTime people and keep in constant contact contact across the globe. So that was a very difficult thing for me to process. I, that It wasn't until the, these last couple of years that I've processed that kind of trauma with object permanence.
0: Hmm. Something I struggle with in that regard, it's an avoidance tactic. Uh, a learned behavior for sure. Um, when I watch a TV show, I will watch up until the final episode. Yeah. And then I'll, I will never pick it back up. Yeah. I've never watched the last episode of the Sopranos in its entirety, but I know what happens and I've watched every other episode multiple times. Same thing with breaking bad. I've seen parts of the ending, but I've never watched the whole last episode of the end. Um, I'm doing it with this other show that I just started or I'm seeing to the end as well. Uh, where I like avoid finality or death I try to uh, like supersede it or so
1: you don't want to basically go through that emotional journey of realizing it's come to an end yes Oh, I d- okay I
0: do the same thing with books I am in the uh fourth quarter the last two minutes of this book that I've been reading that uh we'll, we'll talk about in a bit but uh I've been relishing it in the regard of taking my time reading it and just enjoying it all my time. And just, it it is a very fun book, but as it's coming to an end. I'm getting, it's called walkable cities. Okay. It's a, by a city planner that, uh, he's basically talking about.
1: So even for a nonfiction book, you have a hard time with endings. Yes. Okay. That's interesting. It's just, yeah, I
0: had, I was the same way when I was a kid with, um, leaving a friend's house. Mm-hmm. Like, my parents would come to get me, and I would throw, like, kind of an irregular tantrum about it. Um, also, I had a hard time with going to bed Yeah, oh, for okay. the same reason.
1: So, I don't deal with the shows and, like, even hangouts. I, I, I struggle a bit, and I've really learned to... I mean, I, I'm not great at it, but I'm learning to recognize when, like, yes, I wish I don't. I wish this wouldn't end, but like there has to be some kind of end if, you know, we got to, we get, we have other stuff to do. Mm-hmm. Um, but with going to bed, that's a huge, it keeps me up cause I just don't want it to stop. It's, yep. I've never, I've, I know I've experienced that, but I never knew that even you had a similar, um, experience
0: with going to bed. Well, one of of the things that I used to think was a good trait that I now am learning is a byproduct of some things from just, just my overall mental health is that I used to tell people like, my life is so good. I have a hard time going to bed because I'm enjoying my life so much. Um, that is not true. That's hypomania. Um, I think it is. Yeah. 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 And uh, I didn't understand it at the time, but, uh, what I didn't want to have, what, what I struggle with having happen is a uh, ceremonial death that is outside of the realm of my terms. Mm-hmm. So I'll terminate something faster than it. I'll, I'll outrace something's termination out of fear of uh, failure.
1: Cause you want it to be a controlled death. Exactly. Like if this is going to end, you want it to end on your terms, which
0: is oddly enough, a symptom of addiction. Interesting. Yeah. Really? So where, yeah.
1: where did you learn that?
0: Uh the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous.
1: I didn't know that.
0: Yeah. It talks about at length
1: that ties into, I think, some self-sabotage type
0: stuff. 100%. Yeah. Like there's a line in Alcoholics Anonymous that's really like famous within the community. It says uh, self-centeredness, sel- selfishness, self-centeredness, self-centeredness. We believe that that is the root of our problems. Mm-hmm. It's uh, th- a chapter that's uh, titled We Alcoholics. And it's, like, basically a, like, hey, so you might have a problem if you're reading this book. If you do, uh, have, has this ever happened to you? It's kind of like an infomercial. You know what I mean? Like, have you ever been... Yeah,
1: you might be an destined- alcoholic. Yeah,
0: yeah. And <laughs> anyway, um, the reason I bring it up is because uh, addiction a lot of time manifests as not just a cope, but a tool to uh, avoid but not just, like, people, places, or things, but, like, ideas and thoughts.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, you it's see avoidance. It, beer, it's massive avoidance. Beer culture, like, microbrew culture has really uh, devolved into madness in one facet uh, of, like, the post-work bevy cycle that the America has encountered. Because Europeans do the same thing, right? But they don't interface with time the same way that Americans do. Americans are like maximalists when it comes to like, not efficiency, but the, demonstra- the performance of effort. Yeah. The, right.
1: The, their perception of maximizing their time for right. productivity, whether it's actually beneficial or not. Right.
0: It's not. So like a person that works 60 hours a week, and I'm very guilty of this because I do love working. That is a place where like my addiction resides, you know? um but it's not about whether or not an addict or, or an american has worked 60 hours it's about whether or not you know that they have right like it's a yeah. feature they want
1: japan has a big problem with this yes
0: they like they right? overwork themselves yeah they overwork themselves in the for what they think is a noble cause right and the reason i'm bringing this up and tying it to beer culture is because like there's a line that gets blurred between the professional workspace and the social workspace Where then every single interpersonal relationship at work has become, uh, blurred. Yeah. It's very, very hard to lead a group when you do that kind of thing, because, uh, you can't discipline in any capacity and critiques are taken from like a friendship perspective, you know, so they're always soft and padded. So incremental change doesn't happen very well. And uh, anyway, I bring this up because alcohol does this great job of like, uh, it's like a frequency distillation tool spiritually. So like everybody gets onto the same frequency when they drink, right? If they're all drinking, then they all go to this kind of like state of consciousness. Yeah, That's a little bit, the inhibition's loose and the uh, frequencies are muted, but it's very, very dishonest. It, it masquerades as like, I've got no filter when I'm drinking and it's like, okay, you might, but basically right now you're just, um, ejaculating every thought that you've had. You're not married to all of them. And you, so like when people have like regrets about things that they said when they were drunk, it's not that they told the truth is that they told a bunch of half truths and they don't know what was true and what wasn't because they're being very dishonest with themselves now I'm, I'm not saying this is for everybody this is again i'm saying this from the lens of an alcoholic but when i hear somebody say like when i drink the truth comes out very 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 dangerous language
1: so i don't think it's an objective truth but i do think it is what they're uh, what they're thinking emotionally because alcohol effectively shuts down the prefrontal cortex in the brain right And that's your logic and reasoning, and that's your filter, so to say. Um, So when you bring the filter down, I do believe you're speaking the truth of what you're feeling and experiencing emotionally. But it's not a full truth because it's not fully who you are because you are also your reasoning and your logic. And you need that to balance out the emotions. So it is... I do think it reveals... I think alcohol can reveal sort of the subconscious or even unconscious contents, um, that someone may be predisposed to, um, especially with violence. Cause if someone behaves or acts violently when drinking, that means they were already predisposed to those behaviors and it turns off the filter that maybe stopped them before. And now it, unleashes the beast so to speak yes
0: yeah and that's that's really well put i when you were saying that i was also thinking it's like it would be the difference between drinking water out of the tap versus drinking water from the brita yeah and, yeah and one isn't necessarily right or wrong but one it has a different kind of mineral quality mm-hmm. you know and so uh that mineral quality extending the metaphor would be like Pre-filtered water, so it has a different tinge to it. You know, it yeah. could have kind of like a fluoride taste to yeah, it, or like something like this. You know, kind of smell yeah. To it yeah, yeah. So sometimes, and the not other thing is, sometimes you can come in desirable. way too hot. So like what you're saying is true, but your intention behind it is not like or it's misguided. It's unprepared.
1: Yes, it's, it's letting loose the emotional demons mm-hmm. without kind of proper facilitation of it, them. Yep, um, and can be really dangerous, especially if an individual is already either in a violent environment or if someone is predisposed to behaving violently or in a way that uh, violates consent in any
0: way. And also, I agree with that. And just to add on to that, I think a thing that alcohol can do is if you have in any capacity a destructive personality, Uh, Or destructive tendencies, then alcohol uh, facilitates that to become an exhaustive part of your persona that's inauthentic, but is now like a part that you're known by. Yeah. Like I, I know of drunks that like love to break stuff, you know. Yeah. And so it's like, they're not beating each other up. Right. Or they're not assaulting people, but they break they're everything redirecting. And, yep, and the, so it's, which
1: is in a way, I guess, more com- commendable, mm-hmm. but it's still, I mean, you don't want to break all your shit all the time. Yeah. You know, stuff's expensive.
0: Yeah. It's an, it's an <laughs> extension of like a self harm tool, you know? Yeah.
1: In a way. Um, yeah. Destroying the environment around you could be seen as self harm, which I
0: would make the case that that's actually symptomatic of pent up energy. Um, so, like, one of, the, one of my biggest gripes with workout culture, and, and I'm a part of this, right, is that workout culture is atomizing your desire to intermingle with your environment through, like, through some facet of exercise, right? And the example that I've made before is, like, right, if you're wearing athleisure, like, mocha-colored... Um, I shouldn't... Ex- I'm not trying to target women. Uh, if you're wearing, <laughs> if you're wearing um, athletic wear... And you're at the gym and you're sweating right like you're doing something that is putting you in a frantic state that scene is like good for you you know you're like going out of your way to like better yourself right? yeah but if you're gonna miss the bus because you're running late and you're running towards it in jeans it's like oh look at that person late for the loser cruiser you know what i mean it's like but they're doing the same thing right mm-hmm. but they're wearing different clothes and to have different intentions and so one is cool. seen yeah one yeah. scene is like class classy and one is seen as like desperate right yeah which they could be perhaps I mean I think that that's all a perspectives thing but with that being said uh I think that exercise exclusive to the gym is very sterile and godless um I love to use that word but what I mean by that is like it's devoid of any kind of cultural symptoms and so the reason I'm bringing this up in relations to like alcohol is like going out for a, w- going out for a walk, two mile walk nightly can alleviate sim- self-destructive sy- symptoms and mm-hmm. tendencies, especially if you do a, like the most, the least stimulating walk at night. I'm yeah. talking no music, no podcasts, nothing in your ears, nothing in your hands. Just literally you on a walk. And then like, so for me, when I do this, I experience a lot of anxiety. Uh it's all, it's weird. I almost get like a FOMO like I'm not connected to everything, you know. And it's funny how when you do the walk? Yeah, when I do the walk with, like, I'll leave my phone. You know what I mean? I'll give you an example. So on my way here, right, I was catching the bus. I figured out, I mapped out my, my ride to hear him back, right? Um, I wrote down the times that I needed, and I left my phone at home. And so I just, oh, ca- wow. And so I just caught the bus without the phone, and I read my book. Yeah. That gave me anxiety, not because I was afraid I was going to miss the bus, right? Because I know the bus times. You know, I'm a frequent user and I happen to be connected to it in other ways. Right. But uh, there was an idea of like loneliness that I was like fabricating for myself. That wasn't real. And that's something I've been trying to explore is like, so the self-destructive tendency, I alleviate when I disconnect from everything and try to explore my unconscious mind. Through, yeah. you but
1: Because you're removing the distractions and then in a way you're forced to face at least some of what's in your mind subconsciously. Yeah.
0: Solitude really brings out the freak in you, right? Like that's the reason solitary confinement is like an ultimate form of torture. Yeah. Right. Uh, The same thing is, goes with like traveling disconnected, quote unquote, disconnectedly. Right. I know tech
1: for me, it's not so much a FOMO or like even a loneliness. It's more of a fear. It's like, well, what if someone dies and someone's trying to call me?
0: Right. I've had that thought too. That's
1: much more of my anxiety with like leaving a phone at home.
0: Well, okay. So I have that same thought. Like I had that. I, in honesty, had that thought when I left today. Cause I plan on not having my phone on me at all today. Wow. And I'm like, well, what if somebody dies between now and then? Well, the worst
1: you, thing is like, they're already dead. Like logically it, it's not a great reason to still keep your phone on you. Well, but it's still like an anxiety. Yeah, like an it's OCD a, I think it's a spiritual
0: thought. malady. I think it's a spiritual malady, and I'll tell you why. I have had people very close to me die. Um, having my phone to tell me that they were dying or dead did not change the experience in any capacity. or the outcome. Yeah, all it did. Yeah, all it did was it was a vehicle that changed the space of time by with which that experience occurred to me. Yeah. So like
1: God, worst case scenario, it would have put it off maybe 15, 20 minutes or maybe a couple of hours. Right. Then you would have seen it and then you would have felt bad.
0: Now the spiritual perspective of this whole thing for me, you know, God, God or not in this equation is that when somebody is gone there, that is a ceremony. Oh, this ties so well into the object permanence thing. Um, when somebody's gone that is a sanctimonious thing for you not for them
1: interesting they yeah, that's a good way to think they
0: are very i would make the case someone is here more when they are gone than when they were here with you
1: sometimes yes
0: i i see it as a you know like the jiminy cricket conscious consciousness you could argue that that's like a union Archetypal introduction of the Christ Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right. Like a a compass that measures social interactions and thoughts based off of a litmus that is created through cultural conditioning. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I've experienced that. I catch myself like a lot of my morals derive from my parents. And. And so when they're not around when my parents aren't around right like and i have to make real-time strategy decisions um whether or not i make the right decision is based a lot on the things that i was taught as a child i catch myself like Mm -hmm. with this kind of thing a lot you know like when i make mistakes or miscommunicate or something i'm like oh this is like a lesson that i learned like almost like an aesop fable from my parents like a decade two decades ago
1: what i've also found and i think this ties into it as uh, them being here almost more than when they were actually alive is w- there's a phenomenon that happens when someone dies and obviously there are exceptions to the rule i've noticed people become a lot more forgiving of that person um and f- what comes to mind is michael jackson up until when he died people were all constantly making fun of him for this that and the other you know the baby over the balcony thing do you remember that yeah oh yeah um obviously there's that documentary that came out he's a very problematic person um that doesn't i don't think that negates the great art that he made i um, would
0: make the case out of it. yeah
1: and obviously he was a deeply damaged person like basically chemically castrated as a child but, um, pos-
0: de- demonic possession yeah, yeah. I you would, could say that. I would make the case that it is a metaphor. Sorry to keep brigading, but I've had thoughts before that, like Michael Jackson's like face facial per- distortion and his spiritual distortion is because he was possessed by a demon, and that's like the metaphor, right? Yeah. But the actual demon was like the music industry, yeah. And his and father, his, his, yeah. his father was like the cal- was like the Judas that like led the musical industry to like um, corrupt him.
1: I just remember he was towards the end almost regarded as a laughingstock. Yes. And then the second he died, boom, you know, millions of tributes all over the internet. Yes. People were all of a sudden number one, Michael Jackson fans again. Um, in a way it's sort of like a purifying act. Yeah. And obviously there are pieces of shit, you know, that don't get that kind of redemption, but I think it happens to a lot of people who are sort of problematic. Um, It's very interesting.
0: Yeah, Michael Jackson and Mozart are actually extremely similar in the Mm -hmm. regard they die. I mean, Mozart died significantly younger. He did die from syphilis. Yeah. Um, And the reason that I bring that up is because they both died social pariahs in their own right. Yeah. Um, But the way that they uh, procured music was very similar, Mm -hmm. like very um, spastic, but cataloged in such a way that you can't... Like, observing Michael Jackson's music is like majestic yeah that is the only word I, and I I'm partial because Michael Jackson is one of my favorite musicians yeah. of all time no he he has I, great songs my my from a musician's yeah. perspective Michael Jackson is a is up there for me with like miles Davis
1: he absolutely is yeah um, it takes uh, you know a massive amount of talent to achieve and what he did. Anyone
0: that knows me knows that I like if Michael Jackson gets brought up or I hear Michael Jackson, I can go on a tear about how much I love Michael Jackson. Um, one of the things is because his music, and this is where I do think the demonic possession thing holds water. Uh, I can't believe I just said that, but. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Not holy water.
0: Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> Michael Jackson's music is so eclectic and aesthetic derivative, on top of serving the music, like the cultural implications of music, that you forget that it's music, which is music's goal. Yeah, um,
1: it's a it's a complete. Um, inclusive like resort of music and entertainment yes and like there's dancing there's visuals okay okay there's okay great music
0: so michael jackson expanded on the opera he was one of the first to do it and this is also where i would tie mozart and uh michael jackson together like mozart like wrote the music to Dissabba flute the, the magic flute the morning of wow the morning of well, i didn't know it that. Cra- It's crazy it's crazy it's crazy. What? But musicians under pressure is one of the most like that. That's diamonds. I mean, diamonds are created. That's under why pressure.
1: Uh, I do know a lot of major bands will book studio time with a time crunch on purpose yes. because they will feel that anxiety to finish. Exactly. Well, it, whether it's perfected or not, it
0: induces creativity and it
1: ends up. And uh, did we talk about it last time? I forgot, but Jack White, I think we did.
0: We talked um, about it off script, I think.
1: Oh, maybe that was it. So Jack white purposefully for a very, very, very long time limited himself. Like he, he played purposefully kind of guitars that are hard to play. He would put extra picks in the back by his amp. So if he dropped a pick, he would be punished instead of pulling it off of his stand. He had to walk back and grab a pick. Um, with the white stripes, they're famous they're famously minimalist. Um, and he did that on purpose because he believed it forced him to produce better art. And I think he was right in his case. Um, like even the concept of vine back in the day, you know, six or seven seconds. Yeah. I would, I would argue it was more creative than uh, TikTok because you had the constraint. Yeah. You had to make your point in a very short amount of time.
0: Vine was where where Vine and TikTok are significantly different is that Vine was high octane f- short. And TikTok is like kind of um hypnotic. Oh yeah. Deliberately hypnotic. Yeah. Yeah. TikTok scares me a little. Oh, it's fascinating. The oh. Chinese government
1: It's one of the best algorithms ever written for social media.
0: Yeah. TikTok might be the thing that gets a social media um, articles of, um, or or like a a social media digital constitution, global constitution Mm -hmm. of like the human rights in relation to the algorithm. Mm. Just because TikTok like, one of the things that blows my mind, like Zoomer girls, I've talked to quite a few and their consumption of TikTok blows my mind. We're talking.
1: I'd say Zoomers in general, because I've had a few.
0: Fair, fair enough. This like is just my encounter.
1: Really try to show me how Over four it hours a day. And it's designed to be a mirror of what you watch. So yes. it's, it's a mirror of what you give your attention to, whether it's good or bad. So if you've been on TikTok for a while and you don't like what you're seeing... That's sort of a mirror in a, in a way to Ooh. what you're giving your attention to.
0: You know what I mean? Ooh. Oh, my God. Yeah. Social media. I, like, I, I try to not be this, this correlates pretty relevant to some things that I've been doing lately, but, because I haven't used social media besides Reddit, which I is so uniquely different in the anonymous nature of it.
1: Plus the democracy.
0: And it's even not. Even though a
1: lot of it's bots, it's still more democratic than it any, is. any other social media platform.
0: It is it, and I will say the popularity contest to make things relevant on Reddit is uniquely diff, different than any other social media app. Um, but even at that, I could limit my Reddit consumption to about an hour and a half a day. At the mo that is me doom scrolling. That's like doom yeah. scrolling um That's quite a bit, into too. my f- um phone financial plan, you know. Yeah. Um I haven't used any other social media now besides dating apps for like 3 months. I
1: think that's going to be your toughest one I, to tackle. Okay,
0: you know what? I you too and I actually think I'm right at the end. Yeah? I think I'm right at the end. Yeah. Part of it Just based on what
1: I've sort of seen and what you've told me,
0: my phone diet is starting to really change. To where I'm going to start using it more and more like a landline. Yeah. I'm trying to create a new lifestyle around my phone so that my behavior isn't... So I'm not so phone dependent. Yeah. Because it has been causing me unnecessary stress. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why Like I'm doing it to myself. The, okay. The, now, that's an unconscious mind thing, too. Um, hmm. But yeah, anyway, so I've cut them social media out.
1: This is a good segue to the phone dieting because we were planning on talking about this um, a little later. Each each week
0: over the last six weeks, I have been changing my phone consumption because, okay, so I realized I had a significant problem because I had a previous job where it was so bad that I would be on my phone for almost the entire shift. (laughs) <laughs> um, as much as I could. Cause I hated the job. I mean, this is the one that I showed up like an hour late to all the time. Uh-huh. And like, I was trying to get fired. Like I didn't inadvertently again, unconscious mind stuff. Um, no, I'm not excusing it. This is totally unacceptable behavior, but, um, uh, there was a point in time at that job where I, my daily phone consumption was up to nine hours a day or more. Was this at your last job? Mm-hmm. That's I, hate, I hated it that much. I don't blame you. And so since I've got my new job and the way that it works, I've just, the way that it pans out on my phone is just like an, a non option, you know, each week since I've started this job, I've cut my phone, my phone usage by 15% weekly. So I'm now below half of what that was. And I plan this week. I plan on actually do, muscling in some more cut to have it below two hours of phone consumption a day mm-hmm. you you track your screen time yeah i do mm. and so the the goal for this week is two hours a day mm-hmm. um part of that is finding a way to fill my time with other things because i the, the, the <laughs> problem that i run into is i do use my phone to entertain myself quite a bit i personally think that's just fine i really do I think it's fine to entertain if it yourself with your phone
1: interrupt your other res- responsibilities and desires and goals. Yes. There's nothing wrong with it. So I'm trying the to supplement. Yep, yeah,
0: exactly. Gaming. So I'm trying to supplement other ways to entertain. That's where I've been getting a little bit heavier into my reading.
1: I've been wondering, uh, this thought just came to me. Um, if uh, there you know uh, the symptoms of derealization, depersonalization, disassociation. Oh, yes. I'm wondering if just general consumption of like non-organic entertainment c- contributes to it? I- I'm sure it does. What if it makes a lot of sense? What if the TV, digital TV, catalyst okay, so gaming. what if the
0: digital catalyst of entertainment consumption is a okay, I'm gonna go really out here what if it is a wormhole to the collective singularity?
1: I and, think it is. And
0: that the reason that you derealize or depersonalize or dissociate is because you're starting to feel the oneness with everything, but it's synthetic. And then when you come out of that and you try to achieve the oneness through like, uh, I don't wanna use the word organic because we were gonna talk about this, but like through uh, more material means yeah. that it feels like a more authentic experience. Mm-hmm.
1: I do think it's a I think the internet and technology is a at at its least a representation of the collective unconscious yes or like a metaphor for it because you can see everything you know like everything that's happening around the world through reddit through the news through twitter um in real time and it's overwhelming and it's exhausting to even be aware of that much um and I wonder if that inherently causes the derealization or if it's just a symptom.
0: I don't know. I mean, I've experienced derealization to the point that I forgot like where I was like it's caused. Um,
1: that state is miserable by the way, if you've never experienced it, yeah, it was and I'm like, talking to the audience here, it was
0: almost like an, a temporary amnesia. It's
1: feeling like nothing's real and reality isn't real. Yes. I, I in a way i think everyone should experience it at least a little bit it does okay um, so it does but to mean, be stuck in it is a very bad place it, to be I it's think. a hell
0: realm for sure mm-hmm. it does make everything better when you are out of it and you it's like when one of your nostrils is plugged up when you have a cold and, and you're, it, you're like and i would do anything up. yeah i'd do anything to breathe through my nose and normal. the second it does it's you're oh. like you don't realize that you're taking it for granted Until you don't have it. Yeah. I had to push myself around in a wheelchair for like half of a day at my new job because we were using it for ADA stuff or mobility device rather, you know? And uh, anyway, um, about halfway through the day, I was like, this would suck so bad. Yeah. You know, I just like, that would be miserable. And I I walked home that day from work because I was Uh. like so grateful for to be able to walk yeah and i was like oh like wow my creature comforts or like my like material conditions are
1: not it could always be worse it could and it, uh you can't get in the trap of that either of being like well my misery isn't as bad as that guy's so and then you invalidate yourself because that's equally as bad for your mental
0: health did i talk about last week about like putting all of like if if everyone you knew put all their bad stuff onto a pile of shit did I talk to you about this?
1: I think I know, I don't think so, but I think I know where you're My going. My dad
0: used to say this all the time to me, if I complained about something he's like if we t- we take all of our own problems back. Yes, yes, yeah. yeah. If everyone Because it's the devil you know
1: versus the devil you don't. Yep. If everyone would take how their bad shit, throw it on
0: a pile and you got to see everyone's shit, you'd take yours in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, but I do think that at times it's nice to just remember how good you've got yeah. it in your own sweet way. As long as
1: you don't get caught in the trap of, um, like, almost uh, toxic humility. Yeah, self-flagellation. You know, like, oh, it's, my problems aren't as bad as... You know the guy with no legs next door, so I can't complain. It's like no, yeah. you still can. The like, self-flagellation
0: can really yeah. run yourself dry. Well, I've I've been around people recently who, out in public, they're like, "Well, I I uh, feel guilty being out in public right now with the pandemic still going," and I'm like, "Dude, go home then." Like, yeah, you're. No one's
1: forcing. No you one's forcing out you to
0: be here. here. Like, don't yeah. don't say that shit. If you're like here, because you should just. Go home, Yeah, you know? Number one, if
1: three years of masking didn't stop it, then nothing will. I'm not saying it wasn't effective. And I'm not an anti guy. I'm not, one, NASCAR, not, to I'm to not an anti-masker. Here. But um, that's on you if you keep feeling guilty for it. 100%. It's, you gotta... We can't wear a mask for a decade, you know? Yep.
0: Yeah, well, the, <laughs> ship, the ship has kind of sailed on that. Unless you want to wear one, that's fine. Yeah. But socially, we've moved on from it, you know? Yeah. It's like... Um, like COVID's real, masks help, mm-hmm.
1: but two to three years of it is so, so do vaccines, quite enough.
0: So do vaccines. Yeah. So you vaccines know, help. Anyway, mm-hmm. oh, COVID talk. Oh my god, um, it'll never end. It won't <laughs> end. Um, but just just one last thing on the phone dieting thing. I will say is like I have had to learn how to self soothe through some stress of anxiety without the phone. Without the phone. Mm. Yeah, literally just again I, the self. So that's uh, sort of isolation. forcing
1: yourself to grow a little bit, too,
0: yeah, just how to like well, I caught myself at work, like there's guys that like they'll have an hour between things that we have to do, and and that's that time is yours, so you're just waiting between pieces of work to just hang out, you know, <laughs> and for an hour there they're just like eating. Without like YouTube on in the background or like all this shit going on, you know, they're just kinda of, like there truly taking a break. They're truly just there. And I was like, dude, that's so like sober. That looks gross, you know? Like I wanna be stimulated right now. And then I realized <laughs> I was like, Oh dude, what if like what if that's there's a-, a balance. Yeah. It's hard to find. Yeah.
1: Um you and I, I think the way our brains are wired Um with the neurodivergence we do it's either a zero or an eleven. It's it's very hard for yep. I think you and I, I think even you, maybe a little bit more than me, to find try to find some kind of moderation because it's we are not wired that way for some reason. Oh yeah, it's, no, we do it hundred percent
0: uh, or we don't do it at all. That is my addiction manifesting yeah. in a including other ways addictions
1: too. and self descriptive. Yep.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That personality manifests in, in yeah. a multitude of ways. It's very black and white. You know, I think the segue is really appropriately to the the substance of what it is that we wanted to talk about which is like new thought and intention setting and it's funny because i've been doing something against the grain with my new thought practice that has actually been the dividends have been really high oh
1: yeah I'm, I'm curious to hear about i this. have been
0: being as ambiguous as possible
1: as far as like affirmations uh, yes okay
0: now yeah. this is why uh so one of my biggest affirmations over the last month has been where i live is walkable And the community is vibrant. I like that. And I, that's super vague, right? Like.
1: Um, Have you noticed that it's sort of, so have you been like kind of repeating that every day? Yes. Have you sort of noticed that the area that you're in? You tend to notice aspects that are in line with that affirmation. That's exactly that you where hadn't I was going noticed at. Before.
0: Yeah. What if the metaphysical property of the whole thing is not the world changing, but your perspective? Yeah. It's confirmation biased,
1: it, engineered. Exa- exa- that's yeah. exactly
0: where I was going with this. Is I like. Because it's first, there,
1: but you can't see at it. At first, I was saying this and not I was like. to see it.
0: Exactly. At first, I was saying this and I was like, God's going to move me to Portland, Oregon. Like, that's <laughs> going to solve all of my problems, you know? Um uh, and in 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 a macro metaphor this is my object permanence of avoidance of not wanting to interface with my current community and just escape and abandon to something else. Yeah. Uh and that's not the way that a higher power is going to work through me right now. At least not how I think and I'm fine with that, you know. Um because yes my community is becoming more walkable my like just overall commutes have just been a little bit more uh easy is not the word but a little yeah actually Maybe
1: engaging yeah more
0: pleasant. yeah the, well i mean when i was getting out of the bus today you know this gentleman walks up next to me i've been waiting for a new york minute you know and i said to him i was like uh you waiting for the bus and he's like yeah and i was like you think it's coming don't you and he looked and he's like i think it's like right there actually he had just walked up you know so he had his phone so yeah. i had to actually this is the other thing without a phone is I have to actually like talk to people and be like, Hey, like not necessarily do you know what time it is? Cause I carry a watch. I'm wearing a watch at all times, you know, but you're waiting for the same bus, right? You know, like it's come, it's still on schedule, right? You know, things like that. Like I actually yeah. am required to interact with like others. If you
1: want that information, you're almost making yourself work for it in a way that's like, you uh, nailed it. Put you in maybe a slightly uncomfortable position, but not, not necessarily a harmful position.
0: That is correct. Yeah. Okay. And so these macro affirmations, now this is the thing, like that in and oh, I have chills thinking about this, is an answer to the intention of this new thought prayer. Mm. Do you see what I'm saying? Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: My community is a little bit more vibrant and it is a little bit more walkable.
1: Do you think it maybe planted the seeds for that, your desire to not carry the phone as far as doing that affirmation? Maybe maybe subconsciously or unconsciously it realized, well, the best way to do that would be to take get rid of his phone. Then you, he's forced to pay attention to his commute.
0: You nailed it.
1: And I think you that's how affirmations it. work.
0: I do too. I, it's, they're okay.
1: largely behavior-modifying <sighs> on an unconscious level.
0: So this is the thing with new thought that gets trippy is like, I mean, from because you can look at it metaphysically all day and try to be woo woo and freak yourself out. with And it, there you know? is,
1: I do think there is a metaphysical, yeah, but uh, it's largely uh, psychological.
0: Again, I think you have to be careful with playing with fire because I think, I think what you think turns into your actions, some
1: kind of reality.
0: Mm-hmm. And that being, even if it's not
1: what you think it'll be, it well, will somehow manifest.
0: Yeah. The, so, so the thing with new thought is you can get your unconscious to begin to behave. Mm-hmm. This is like the union, like, promise right it's like mm-hmm. when you make the unconscious conscious if you, it's it, taking when the you don't make the unconscious conscience conscious it will dictate your life and you will call it fate that's a famous Jung quote right mm-hmm. and uh when you plant like these seeds of little things like this it's weird how the world changes almost around like accommodate you yeah but you but the thing is is you bring your peace to the table right and then yeah. the world, like, like I heard the saying, and this is like a super tropey Christian thing, but I do think of this with like a higher power. Somebody said to me one time, you know, I was like at a Bible camp or something. They're like, God will move mountains for you, but you damn well better bring a shovel yeah same principle with like new thought but like a little less like multi-level marketing but more yeah more like
1: it it requires a sacrifice and that sacrifice is some kind of effort on your
0: part yep i would take an ounce of effort over a pound of thought or a pound of planning yes any day of the week yes ounce of effort over a pound of planning and uh, i think this is also ties into just kind of what i've been doing lately as far as like forecasting like Yeah. I, so I've been thinking, you know, my, the community that I live in is walkable and vibrant. And I've said that to myself and, and I see it in people. I also don't, you know, and I'm like, ah, like, it's still not like that here. You know what I mean? So I like get a little in the weeds with it and I'm like, Mm -hmm. it's not working, you know, it's like not instantaneous, man, you know, Mm -hmm. like what's going on. But then the other thing I've been thinking too, is just like, I am more connected to my community. I've tried to like ham fistedly change that around me by like volunteering and like just going to like local events and things like this when I didn't want to.
1: That's a tough one.
0: Yeah. Because Um, it's super inauthentic. It's like going on a date with somebody that you weren't as interested in. It's like, just don't go, dude. Just don't go. Right. you know like i do think volunteering is like a very like well-intended thing and quite frankly sometimes you do have to like muster up a little bit of gumption to get the thing going but i'm talking about like being there and just being like i could be somewhere else right now and i kind of want to it's not always like that for me there's times where i volunteer and i'm like yeah, fuck yeah this is like what i want to be doing but i've caught myself doing that like performatively for like some sort of like celestial reward uh-huh. which you don't get i know
1: joe rugged's problematic for a lot of reasons. And I don't really care to get into that right now. But one thing that he is good at, and I think one thing that he inspires people for is he is like, he's like the grand master of self-discipline and forcing himself to do uncomfortable things. Yes. And I believe it has shown huge amounts of reward in his life. Yeah. Um. Obviously all the problematic stuff aside, um, Cause I think we can gain insight out of things that we don't a hundred percent agree
0: with. Yeah, Separate um, the wheat from the chaff as they say.
1: Yeah. And I think in a way when you do that to yourself, n- number one, you're honoring commitments mm-hmm. um, which I think is magical. I, I really try not to say something or agree to do something unless I am fully willing to follow through with it. And that has been very difficult over the past kind of half decade for me. I would say a full decade, actually. You and me both. Um, But when you do something like that and you do, obviously, if you're physically capable of it, um, just referring to my own uh, kind of fatigue issues that I had, um, there's something kind of magical where stuff seems to start to work out a little bit more and more. Uh, Mitch Horowitz talks about it a lot. He says, don't say anything or agree to anything unless you are fully willing to follow through as best as you can. Yeah. Because it makes your word your bond and your word then becomes more powerful and more potent. Even just on a psychology level, people see that you you show up and you do the things you're going to say that you do. So they're willing to believe you. They're willing to be like, he's going to do what he says he's going to do. Totally.
0: No, that's really, that's really well put. It's so funny how that like bleeds into time management too. And it's like, yeah.
1: Which you and I, I think struggle with time blindness. So we sort of have an extra.
0: Oh, I did that this morning. You know, that's the reason we started late. It was because I ultimately like what I, so, so not to get too into it, but like what I did to myself was like, I had a window of 48 hours where I wasn't going to be working Mm -hmm. or 36 give or take, you know, Mm -hmm. one, two rests and then windows of time to do things. is how I look at it often, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And what I did was I booked high on the back end last night and then this morning those things had to come to an end but I didn't plan them appropriately so they bled into other things. And that was like my mistake is that I didn't set um, at least tentative spaces on boundaries, right, on when Mm -hmm. something starts and stops. And that's
1: very difficult to plan for when you do have time blindness. Um, Because I think you and I probably tend to make plans when we're feeling good. Yeah. And we're like, well, if I feel like this, I can do everything all day long. But then the second, you know, maybe you didn't sleep well and like the morning hits and then you wake up and then maybe there's something you forgot to do as far as like chore or, you know, whatever. And it's like, oh, shit. Like I got to cancel one or two of these things. Yep. Um, and I don't think, you know, and we shouldn't beat ourselves up for that either
0: because we're, we're doing our best. You do have to make sure you understand where your priorities lie. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, that's the, and I'm saying this to myself is like, pri- pri- prioritization is a commitment to the understanding of what makes you you. Like, what's the most important part of your makeup, you know? And like, quite frankly, like, um, my work is really, really important to me now. Yeah. Um, I would argue it's like in my top three priorities.
1: Yeah, and if, that's if why got I top two. If you had to cancel today, that's why I would have been okay because I know that's where your priority lies.
0: And the thing I think that I'm learning now is like, okay, um, like what are my primary priorities and secondary priorities, and how do I plan around them? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and uh, I'm going through changes. You know, I'm going through major. Gro-
1: I'm going through changes. Seriously though, <laughs> seriously
0: though, um, the thing that's cool about that is. Uh, I. So on the bus ride here, in my walk to your place, I was thinking about my first time at this place. Like, what?
1: Oh, this would have been a year and a half ago. Yeah,
0: and I—I I was thinking about how recent that feels, feels and like how yesterday, and to how, me too, and how distant it feels simultaneously. Right? I
1: don't know how to describe it. It's because you and I, with both the object permanence and time blindness issues moments in time um for those who don't experience this um something that happened last week simultaneously for probably both of us feels like it was five years ago and also last night Mm -hmm. it's very very difficult to describe it's sort of it's maybe almost similar to an idea of by location yeah but It's not, that's not an adequate description, but that's sort of what came to mind. Well, um, it feels like being in two places at once almost.
0: Yeah. The reason I brought it up is because I was thinking about how different I am right now versus then how similar and how different I am. Mm -hmm. But I think that the key word is like authentication. And and, and I think that this ties into intention setting too. authentication. You mean uh, Authenticity. No, I mean, so like based off of where I was last year and where I am now, okay, now this is this gets wild. There's some intentions that I set last year when I was like mentally very unwell. And it's not that I didn't have any business doing that. I was just like biting off more than I could chew spiritually, like emotionally and like just with my own personal life. Um, I'm seeing some of those things come to fruition now. Same.
1: You don't realize it, but this is what they say when they when they say be careful what you wish for yes sometimes what you wish for requires an entire breakdown of your life as you know it and it is not a fun process to go through it might be essential for you to grow and to develop a life that you want to live but it is not easy
0: and it's not pain-free no. We and both
1: really have gone through the ringer in various ways over the last decade or so.
0: The emotional growth spurt that I've gone through in this last year has been arguably the toughest, but the most beneficial. Yeah, I feel yeah. I feel more emotionally centered now than I ever have. Are you saying in your life or as an adult? Both. Mm. Uh, okay, I think that I am coming into adulthood finally. (laughs) Me too. I feel there's things that I could be doing better. Okay. This is how I know. There's things I could be doing better. There's things that I know on how to improve those, but I am happy with where I'm at. Mm -hmm. That is how I know I am into. That's sort of a sweet spot too. That's almost like a
1: flow state where you're not feeling really a pressure or a drive to make up some sort of perceived lost time. So you're like trying to, this is what I have a big heart, a big, a hard time with is I feel like I'm catching up to everyone else's level and that just keeps me stuck longer. So when you get to that place where you're content, but still working on yourself or maybe a higher level of um, contentness, that's kind of a sweet spot where you really see some results coming because you're not in that fear and anxiety mode of like, Oh, I didn't develop this or catch up when i should have you know when you're seeing like all your peers like graduate from college and you're like what am i doing yeah or whatever hopefully that makes
0: sense no i'm 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 with you 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 have to you you go at your own time too you know and it's like like i wouldn't trade anything that i've experienced for where for like the um perspective that i have now but that didn't come for free that's it's, the thing. There's always that I'm, a price. Yeah, that's the gratitude that I have now for like everything that I've gone through. I'm like, whoa! Like life has happened around me in a way that I can't describe. It's psychedelic. It is psychedelic. I mean, that's the thing. When like you
1: fir- <laughs> when you fully realize the implications and the consequences of those things, when it comes to a head and you're in a good place, I don't think even a strong psychedelic drug could have done that for you.
0: No, I, I, I've said before, like the most psychedelic experience I've had has been in, in love Mm because time like transcends love transcends time. Mm -hmm. And so it really pulls you out of like the, you know, this correlates maybe inappropriate or crudely to the Michael Jackson conversation about how like his music is so good. You forget it's music. Mm -hmm. Like love is so good. It makes you forget that life is life, right? Like, Yeah. Best drug I've ever taken Mm -hmm. is love for sure. Biggest high I've ever had was on love. Mm -hmm. Not to be like corny, but I'm being like, honest, I, I, I think There's
1: something to it
0: um, that when liminal, they say uh, that the, that liminal. I mean, yes, yeah, the reason that people write songs about love, like love, is the most con, is the common denominator of mm-hmm. almost every song ever. There's the like, absence yeah, of it, the tribulations to, implied by it, the overall state of it, the experience of first moving into a state of love, you know. And I've thought about like love itself is like a an awareness based activity where multiple facets of the conscious state are acting in concert that creates a state of euphoria that is so profound that the only thing it can provide you is peace.
1: And I think that's the end game of like, especially Neville Goddard's system of new thought. Um, He developed, in my opinion, way ahead of his time methods and techniques. He probably had training and exposed like kind of, mystery school techniques as well um, for this stuff, but his methods of generating the wish fulfilled is an incredibly, Oh, what's the word abstract and hard to grasp concept, but he, it, it's basically a system and it takes, it can take, you know, years, if not like a decade or more to master of masterful mood control and generating a feeling of love and generating the feeling of having everything that you want and need in the present without physically having it it's a very difficult um, it sounds simple and he's some of his methods are sort of simple but in practice very difficult yeah there's very like difficult
0: different layers of nuance mm-hmm. huh.
1: um, and I guess where I was going with that is Cause I've been in that love state, that content state more often, regardless of what, regardless of whether I have these things physically in my life or not. And, you know, maybe this ties back to engineering confirmation bias, but I've noticed like, you know, I've had lots more friends reaching out to me. I'm like a little less lonely. Um, I'm getting, you know, energy back, like uh, doors seem to be opening because I'm still consciously making an effort to get into that state, but it is. And I've been reading Neville Goddard for at least seven or eight years. Mm-hmm. It is not easy. Yeah. I I feel like I'm barely beginning to understand it.
0: That's where I feel too. Yeah. Like I, f- I feel finally, uh, and I think that the key component of new thought is discipline, like you were saying before, but like you can dream all day long. Right. Um, but you have to like put to action those things.
1: Without burning out too, because yes. once
0: you get to the burnout, like if you're laying down,
1: and we did a kind of a little mini series on Neville Goddard a while back, so you can go back and listen to that. But um, if you are trying, it's called the state akin to sleep, and you're in there and you're trying to generate the feeling of have already having what you want, and it is just not working for you, and the harder you try, the worse it gets. You got to stop. Yep, because you are already burnt out of whatever energy that was anyway yeah um so you can't overdo it and it can make things worse for your mental health
0: yeah, the, yeah spiritual encounters or study are very in flux for me i um, like it that way i it's, think it's supposed to it's be that not, i do too you
1: need you have to have uh, periods of rest if it yep. falls into the principle of rhythm
0: 100 percent. yep it comes and goes as i need it yeah and i i take that for what it is you
1: and i i mean we basically this last six months was kind of taking a step back and just pretending that reality is real for once and just really grounding
0: ourselves well now i'm like more bought into it maybe than ever yeah i would argue right now like this very moment right here i'm the most sold on the realness of my state of being. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just feel you know, like I feel like a gleeful, gaily bill payer a little bit in a, in the best <laughs> possible way. Yeah, like I feel yeah, yeah. My keep up with the Jones um, ambition is desirous in its own sweet way. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm definitely cutting carving my own path into that but my idea of discipline interfacing with reality as a willing participant. Yeah.
1: It's sort of a built in way to prevent yourself from becoming like a speculative or like what they call an armchair occultist as well. Cause yeah. you can learn and you can reach it all day long, but what's it's worth if you don't put it into practice. That is correct. And yeah. I think having a waning of that desire to learn probably anything, but, uh, about, occultism or the spiritual practices in general. It's the universe saying like go outside yep. and do the work with and utilize what you have learned because and in a way it's it's sort of a gatekeeping mechanism as well. It's like I'm not going to allow you a higher knowledge past this until you utilize what you've already got. Yeah. At least for me. That's how it's happened to me. Yep. No, I I'm with you. And then uh, you wanted to talk about forecasting and some divination.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's do one. I, I brought my tarot deck with me. I wanted to do like maybe one three card spread for the remainder of June. How do you feel about that? Yeah, that's cool.
1: cool. So are you thinking in general or like as it applies to
0: us? That's a great question. Okay. So maybe the intention is, is paramount. Um, what if the question is, what do... What effort do I present to bring the wish fulfilled for the month of June? Okay. You like that? Yeah. Cool. I do too. Say that again. (laughs) Let's see if I remember. What effort do I need to present to see the wish fulfilled for the month of June?
1: Okay. So like uh, sort of a general desire that you may already have, and this yes, can apply to yeah. all of us well, and
0: any of you listening. The question can be so, like, and I
1: think you mean the month
0: of July, right? No, I mean the remainder of June, Oh, the remainder of yeah. June. Okay. So, so it's like, this a, is from when
1: we release it. I'll probably release this tomorrow on yep. the 13th. So, so from the 13th on that's when this counts.
0: Yep. Okay. And the idea is basically now. This is the thing for me that I always think of with tarot too: is that tarot is just a presentation of the unconscious mind. So take it for what it is or what yeah. it isn't for you. You know what I mean. But this is like for yeah. us, yeah. which is a white. Maybe tent. we
1: won't. Uh, maybe we won't analyze it too much unless you no. want to go over sort of the meaning. I might just say what, see what I see from each one of the cards, okay. and
0: this is my unconscious interpretation of what it is. Right. Perfect. So we've got three. Um, as I've gotten into tarot I read which deck are you using By this is the um before we pull Rider wait oh okay it's like the super traditional honestly it's my favorite it me too mostly because it's almost has like a British folklore element to it
1: I just I like it for its ease of use you can get into really into the weeds with tarot yep and it's just a tried and true deck yep
0: nothing um, wrong with it I, yep yeah, I agree I've gotten out of the habit of reading reversals mostly because if I want a reversal I will just get another card for what the card is that I'm reading to try to get more to me a reversal like a clar- is clarifying. trying to give you more information than you need yeah. and uh, so I've just been drawing an extra card if I do, something doesn't make sense I'm like let's compound this Yeah. you know okay clarifying So card. so three cards in dance Ooh, oh shit. my god I was literally looking at this is interesting um, okay, so I was looking at uh, the picture of justice in my mind as I was drawing these cards, which is interesting. So the first card is a page of cups. The second picture is justice. And the third, or the second card rather, and the third card is the king of swords. So uh, I see uh, water and air in concert. So mm-hmm. water being the idea of a malleable force, that can be destructive but also very beneficial and uh, not only sustainable but necessary and then I'm looking at swords and I see lots of air which is a lot of Contemplation and consideration. So for like at the page of cups, for example I'm looking at this picture and I see a gentleman holding a cup with a fish in it standing in front of some water that is moving Okay, so to me, the idea of a page of cups is somebody that is steadily doing something that is working for them, but exploring the idea of how to expand that. Mm. So it's almost like the the uh, heroic novel story of the yeah yeah like the hero's journey, and it's like the the son of the blacksmith mm. who um, ha- has his thing that he understands and does, but wants more. Right. So it's like there's a big like. The hero always goes like there's a big world out there and the mother, the the, the mother's goal is to initiate the child into that by, by recognizing and acknowledging that that's a scary, dangerous thing to do, but you must do it. Right. So to me, the fear and encouragement. Yeah. The page of cups to me has this idea of like material needs are met, but spiritual desires are to be expanded or like altered states of consciousness are to be Explored expanded or expanded achieved. upon yeah, yeah. exactly okay. okay now justice so that's the middle justice card. is on uh, one hand she has a sword that she's holding that is in the air and on the other hand she has a scale that is to balanced that is balanced rather and she's sitting on a throne in a red drapey gown type like a very very and she's wearing a crown okay yeah
1: like a royal looking red sort of robe
0: yeah so to me justice is a high constitution card it's very very airy very libra-y in mm. the idea of like balance uh, and also in the idea of um confidence mm. so to me when i look at the justice card i think that whatever it is that i am doing is moving me into a, or whatever i'm doing is working that is yeah. how i look at like.
1: In this context of this spread.
0: Totally. And Libras are always, like, I I love to think of astrology and um, tarot in in tandem. And for me, with justice in particular, or with Libra, um, Libras to me are always really good at meeting material conditions. Like, every Libra I meet is, like, a procedure-oriented, very simple uh, operations person. Every single one that I know. Like... Derive a lot of information from reading, may like very practical, right? Um, the difference here with this Justice card that I see is that she uh, has a lot of command. So maybe not so much that li- I don't think of Libras ever as insecure, but I do think, again, of Libras almost as like. They can be. Yeah, they're always curious. I'm a Libra. Libras are always curious <laughs> to push the envelope as well. So mm-hmm. this is the idea of like the material conditions are met. Continue doing what you're doing, but there is more to the story. Okay, okay interesting. And then what I about, also, as go, far go as ahead. the scale,
1: yeah, are you thinking some maybe some balancing out in the Ooh. next two two and a half weeks? That's a great question. Some balance being achieved, maybe I it's or equal equilibri equilibrizing. Is that yeah, is that a word? Yeah, um, equilibrating. I guess uh, is what I meant to say. Okay. Um,
0: I like that. That's a lot. what I see. Yeah. I like that a lot. What if, That's uh, what hope. yeah, huh. for, for me personally, I see an idea of balance in routines. Great catch, by the way, I almost just totally glossed over that. No, you're good. So yeah, a balance in routines and a, so, so basically I keep doing what you're doing but continue to improve upon it.
1: I'm wondering too, is if there is something out of balance that needs balancing, if this is sort of saying, well, that thing is going to be balanced, so maybe you better prepare for it. Yeah,
0: what if the thing that you're looking to improve upon, the ingredient for that is time? Oh man, that gave me butterflies thinking about that. That's weird. Hmm. Yeah.
1: And it could be, it's like an incubator.
0: Yeah. 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 What if this is, yeah, you're in a gestation period to a new plane of consciousness or a new event horizon. Right. Um, the last card is the King of Swords. I think it's interesting to see justice and King of Swords. Yeah. Uh, Ooh, what if key, Oh, justice to King of Swords to me could be a transmute, uh, like a transmutation. Almost like think about sword it. Sword is like,
1: uh, I'm not as well versed in tarot. You're um, fine sword is air that's right? correct yeah and wand is that fire fire okay yep and so, the fact that those are two airy cards sort of next to each other yep i'm wondering if that means it's going to be a fairly powerful balancing act wonderfully put um, well because king of swords that's like the it represents that whole suite and it represents a finality air, yeah um in like and in its capped possibly um ideal state as well so that's really good because air can be very destructive and distracting but in this case it looks like whatever might have been up in the air might achieve its final ideal state okay cool maybe yeah. I, I want to know your thoughts. No, you've got me. Thinking. Sorry. I didn't now, mean to no, interrupt I, you here. No,
0: no, 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 no. I lo- I love this. I want to just describe the card. The King is sitting on a throne. Uh, the justice's throne was veiled by a backdrop that shares a similar like maroon burgundy color to her gown. Uh, King of swords is different. King of swords is sitting outside and he's draped in like a red, um, what would you call that? Like a cape but yeah, he's wearing a, a blue gown underneath okay mm-hmm. and he's also wearing a crown what i love is in the background do you see trees so he's sitting on a very earthly throne to me this says the culmination of earth air i always describe as like air is the project manager meeting earth is the the uh accounting to that thing mm. right mm-hmm. so you planned And the procedure is working and you get to see both of them at the same time so you've seen something come to an end this is actually really cool this This is is uh, like one of
1: the most positive tarot spreads i've seen personally because i was doing a few and they were all like not great news oh really this one is like the best i've seen in weeks that's
0: interesting because again the idea of the transmutation from justice to king of swords is like she almost feels like uh, or it's, like, the evolutions of, like, a Pokemon, right? Like, you move from, like, Squirtle to Wartortle to Blastoise, Which, right? Which, funnily
1: enough, I started playing Pokemon Go for the first time in, like, oh, really? six or seven years. Huh. Like, this past week. Huh. I. Um, <laughs> it's funny you bring it up. That's all I'm saying. I, I Interesting see, coincidence. Yeah.
0: That's funny. Justice moving to King of Swords, to me, is uh, this idea of almost an evolution yeah not that one is better than the other but that one is different than the other caterpillar to butterfly state
1: yeah um, yeah it's sort of uh it shows the that process of what's okay now that. dig
0: this too justice is a major arcana and a king of swords is a minor arcana so to me i always think but it's of majors, at the top
1: of the minor arcana.
0: that's correct yeah. okay so i always think of it like this right it's, like like, the boss. It's, it's the same thing as major minor keys one doesn't usurp the other but one does lead to the other yes. um both all the time yes. yeah right like Justice as a major arcana says to me that something is coming to an end in a good way. Like you, you are seeing something through that is going to finish
1: or something that is out of balance will be brought into
0: balance. And minor arcana says to me, be ready for your scope to be expanded, right? Like Mm. it's like moving into a new area where things are like more difficult because you are the young thing in that old state. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Interesting.
0: I and like I, think, I think that that's a net positive thing. I think uh, this really plays into the idea of changes. If I was looking at this for myself, uh, I would be looking at this seeing a state of maybe not exaltation, but that I, what I have been given so far, I can handle and I'm going to be presented with similar things to what I have right now, mm. but more of it
1: a little bit of an increase. Me I don't see a huge increase. I don't know. But either. It, it's, something's going to balance out and I think there's going to be a reward after the balancing. Amount. I
0: see major room for more. I okay, actually king of swords to me, the way that I'm looking at this justice to king of swords the word that came to mind is expansion.
1: Yeah, I would say so, especially with it being air. Yes. Cuz air expands, yes. especially in the heat. Mhm. Um, well, well put. So hopefully, you know, maybe this is how I see it reflected to me. Is I'm seeing a balancing out of a lot of, which is funny because I start a new job in like two weeks, but um, I see things being balanced out in my, being brought into balance in my life, and then there's going to be some kind of reward or expansion for that, and maybe room for growth, and that is. Uncanny to what is what, what is happening with my plans uh, the rest of this month. I'm literally I'm going on a vacation and then starting a new job that is going to help uh, facilitate kind of my career goals. So that is wild to me. Do you know what's really funny about those
0: cards. Do you know what's really funny about this? The way what? that you're talking about your vacation going into a new job is the way that I was talking about our skittish reunion show going into my new job. Yeah that's a that's an interesting parallel it's literally mine happened three months before yours did yeah and our parallels are really peculiar but they do also it's different p- it's way different but the parallels are just so uncanny. and it's almost so kind of like sometimes i'm the one that puts my hand on the bee's nest first and then it's like hey heads up this is coming and then you do it too yeah you know you're, what I mean? you're a little more fearless when uh, it comes to that or ignorant <laughs> or,
1: <laughs> i guess uh Um, I'm glad you're testing the waters. uh, This is really
0: (laughs) optimistic to me.
1: This is, yeah. Like I said, I have not seen a tarot spread this well, or I I mean, maybe this encouraging personally anyway, for a while. And I mean, I haven't really pulled cards for a couple of months, so that's Hmm. take that into consideration, but, um, Hmm. I'm I'm happy to see this in front of my face. I That's all I'm saying. This,
0: this uh, is really enhancing my desire to go be busy. Yeah. You know, not busy body, but like my, my capacity for effort feels ever ambitious. Yeah. So. Nice. Well. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on? I think that that's a good place to close things up. We didn't super, I mean, we've been
1: going for a while, so maybe we can save it for next time, but we were going to kind of talk about walkable cities. And I think that's a good topic to get into. Yes. Um, I know I probably don't have time to do that right now. I don't either. Um, but, uh, we'll put that on the docket. So, and yeah, if you like what you're, what you're hearing, um, please go to our link tree. Um, it's, uh, l-i-n-k-t-r dot e forward slash fake magic one word magic is spelled with a ck at the end instagram at fake magic pod one word magic is spelled with a ck twitter at fake magic spelled with a ck um and until next time um hope i'm yeah i'm excited about this year so i am too
0: we'll we'll talk to you all soon bye see ya